you guys for listening to our very first episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And I just want to start off today. You'll you'll find that every episode will begin with a brief intro from myself, Erica Johnson Allen, and a closure outro from the one and only Dr. Paul Miller. So I, I just want to share with you today something that has been heavy on my heart this entire week. The title of this episode is Who Am I? And over the last few days, I've really been asking myself that question, who really am I? With all of the political issues that's going on in our country right now, dealing with um, the Black Lives Matter movement, dealing with the injustices that our people, people of color, typically see my, my heart is heavy and I've been burdened and just really trying to figure out who am I? And so I, I, I'm beginning to draw the conclusion. I think I'm still discovering who I am, Paul. I think through all of this and, and just identifying and staying true to my culture, my belief system. I'm learning that who I used to be may not be who I am and who I'm going to be is probably not who I am right now as well either. So self-discovery is huge for me right now. My heart is heavy. I have cried every single day for the last three weeks because I know that I'm not going through this by myself. This pain is heavy. This pain is hard. And so I just want to leave you with knowing that I understand this is a challenge that we're facing and we're all trying to figure out how we're going to make a change for the better. So my challenge to you today is to eliminate the hate because the root of all of this is hate. And if you if you feel hatred in any respect toward anyone, I'm asking that you check yourself because we got into this problem because of hate and we can't get out of this situation continuing to waddle in hate. So with that, Again, the question of this episode today is, who am I? But before we dig deeper into the conversation, I'm going to let my wonderful co-host introduce himself. And again, as I said, this is Erica Johnson-Allen. I'm Dr. Paul Miller, and I am the CEO of one of the best charter schools in the country, um, and I say that because we graduate all our young black men at 95% or more. Um, but I'm just, you know, in awe of your intro. That was good stuff. You know, it's kind of deep. You know, it's good stuff to get started with, with uh, laying it out there about everything that's going on. And I just um, can't wait till we can continue this conversation. And hopefully people will get uh, some enlightenment but also have a little bit of fun listening you know i believe today we're going to talk about uh our personal self-reflections 
and our leadership journeys and what did that look like and just some uh, analysis, some understanding and maybe a, a, some alignment of who we wanted to be and who we want to be. And, um, you know, maybe we can make some connections to some relevant things that are happening right now. So, uh, you know, I, let's let's go. Perfect. So before we get started, and I think uh, Dr. Miller just kind of opened the door for our first conversation and really digging deeper into um, who you are through self-reflection. But before we jump there, I do want to encourage you to please visit EricaJohnsonAllen.com. That is my personal website. You're going to find great information, tons of resources. And Dr. Miller, you want to Give a shout out about your website. Yeah, my, my personal website is uh, is paulmilleredd.com and my, you know my consultant is urbaneeducation.com. So urbane is like urban with an e, urbaneeducation.com. Excellent. Stay tuned for our next episode, our next episode entitled No Justice, No Peace, where we're going to dig deeper into the conversation about systemic racism and how it's impacting our community. So let's just go ahead and jump in, Dr. Miller. Self-reflection, like what really is this? What, what's your take? What is self-reflection? Self-reflection is, is you know, you, you think about and whenever, it, it's a constant process. So being self-reflective is even if you reach a, a pinnacle in your career, it's taking time to listen and listen to everybody and listen to the good and the bad and the constructive, and then taking it in to yourself to see how you can use uh, you can use the different thoughts to improve. Um, but self-reflection doesn't have to just be others others thoughts. It can be your own thoughts, and it also could be a, a spiritual connection. It can be a connection that you make with God and you self-reflect to see if you're on the mission that you're supposed to be on. Are you on the right path? Are you doing what's meant for you to be doing? Yeah. You know, and that's kind of what self-reflection is to mean, means to me. Um, you see it differently? Well, I, I mean, I get that, right? So I understand that it's really reflecting on the voice of others through listening and then reflecting on your own inside voice. Uh, and so I think in summary, like that's personal analysis, right? Like really analyzing who you are personally. And we know that that's not the easiest thing in the world to do, especially, you <laughs> no, not you, absolutely not. Uh. It's tough though, right? But why? Why is that so hard for us to do? Why? Um, you know, because there's enough, there's critics out there, but then when you uh, got to internalize it and criticize yourself on top of it, you know, that's hard. It's hard pill to swallow, um, yeah. you know, to, to be reflective. But without that reflection, uh, you won't find growth. It's like when you look in the mirror, you look to see if there's anything wrong. You know, you, yeah. you look in the mirror, how do I, how do I look? Yeah. You, you know, you want to see how you look and then you can see once you stare into yourself, you're able to see and you're able to fix. Oh, your, my tie was tied wrong, you yeah. know, but I had to look at it. If I didn't look at it, I wouldn't know. So I think that's a valid point. Can we stay right there for just a second? You said when you look in the mirror, you self-reflect and you ask yourself what's wrong. And I think that's the key there, right? Why do we do that? What's wrong with saying what's right about me? 
Why does self-reflection always have to begin with what's wrong? Internally, like we just naturally do that as human beings. We're so critical of ourselves. And, but critical, does it always have to be in the negative context? But, but. I, but I, I will. I throw that canceled out there. everything that was previously but, said. Just saying. But however, okay, however, conjunction. So the the growth comes from usually the gaps, right? Absolutely. So when you find a gap, is usually when the most growth happens. Usually when we're going through hard times in life, it's because it's a setup for something good that's coming, right? So so that growth usually comes from the difficult times. You know, it, it, some people find growth in the good. Um, you, you know, and that's a beautiful thing. And I'm not telling you that we shouldn't celebrate or that everyone out there who's listening shouldn't celebrate themselves or celebrate what's good about themselves. But if we're doing the real reflection, I mean, let's keep it real. That, that's when I feel like the most growth comes is when you're looking at where the gaps are, yeah. what's wrong. So, yeah. and I, I agree. I agree with you 100%. I also think that we have to look at both sides of the coin, right? So, so yeah, absolutely. You figure out your gaps, which is a difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. But then also, I always say, you know, my my mother, she she was big on self-love. She used to always say, kiss yourself, baby. Tell yourself you love you. And, and I think we can't get away from that. Yeah, look at where I need to improve. But it's okay to take a step back sometimes and pat yourself on the back. And that's part of self-reflection too. Absolutely. So, so let me ask you this. You want to talk a little bit about your 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 personal journey like what your um like how did you get where you are like what reflection did it take what's your personal reflections for sure you know, sure i can i can answer that um thinking about my personal journey you know this i'm an educator i'm a superintendent at one of the largest um, charter districts in the state of texas highly successful like I'm I'm in a good place. How did I get there? It didn't start that way. I never wanted to be an educator. That was never part of my dream, goal, or destiny. Um, but I was introduced to a classroom and through self-reflection, I figured out that this was a calling that I had to answer. And so I think you're right. I never would have gotten to that point if I would not have accepted the fact that even though this isn't what I wanted to do, it seems as though I may be pretty good at it. So that's that pat myself on the back, working your strengths, working your gifts. Okay. And I continue to to soar. It's it's a long journey. Um, It's going to take about... So to really talk about the actual journey, but what I knew for sure is I had to help other children of color and I had to help teachers understand the importance of educating our children. Yeah, I think, you know, that's important is that um, that you have that those values and like it sounds like you know, everything you do comes from those values and those values are guiding um, your, your your mission aligned, you're driven, 
And so that's, I would like to say that's, that's a good reason as to why you're successful and have been successful on that leadership journey because you're sticking to those values. Agreed. So let's talk about values since you brought up that great point. Right. What, what are your non-negotiables when you think about values? Like, what is it that no matter what, this is a non-negotiable in my life? You know, I, I think, and I'll put it in terms of uh, professional and personal, but I believe in moral authority and I believe in competence, right? So whatever I do, I want to try to do it from the highest level of moral value. You know, and do we do we fall short as people? Of course. Mm-hmm. But when that's the goal, you always come back to your morals and your values. You always come back to your core. And, and then the second piece is competence. Like, you know, anything that I'm going to do, I want to be good at it. I want to be the best at it. I want to be successful. And, and you know, so it, whether it's personal or professional, you know, I think moral authority and competence uh, leads out, you know, um, that, that that just lends me to thinking about the journey and a little bit about the journey from the perspective of, you know, when I first got nine years ago where I got where I'm at currently, mm-hmm. I had this total different vision of what I thought was supposed to happen as getting in my first like leadership role where I, I was the head and you know where I, I was you know I'm gonna do it my way and and you think about it and you know I came from a place where they didn't put kids first so I had this perspective of um, that you know no matter what kids are always going to be first like I have to put children first and so I led with that but the way I led with it also uh, forgot that it the adults who are working for me were people too. Yeah. You know, and kind of was a turnoff. And I think it rubbed people the wrong way, just the way I think I approached it. And and what I really realized was is through that journey and through the self-reflection, because I had a couple people uh, that were honest with me and said, yo, nah, man, you, you, the way you're doing it, you're, you're, you're really, uh, you're, you're causing more conflict than you're causing resolution. And so I had to look at that and I said, and say, what can I do to change that? What can I do to be reflective? What can I do to be um, what can I do to be more collaborative and and realize that people have a, a genuine care for kids or they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. And so instead of coming up with defense, you know, I came in and started to play offense. And what I realized is what really that teachers are the heartbeat of the school. Absolutely. And so um, and that the happier teachers are, the happier and healthier the heart is, all the other systems are going to work. Right. So uh, I found, figured out that they were the, the heartbeat of the school and being the heartbeat of the school, um, it, it, they need to be treated like that. And so treating them like that turned into creating more teacher efficacy and to where they wanted to and believed and bought into the systems. And if they're happy, then the kids are going to be happy because they're happy. And so, you know, I just think it's my journey and putting those values and and it goes back to the self-reflection piece as we were as we were just discussing. I had to stop and reflect and kind of switch some things up so I could take two steps backwards to go forward and be more successful. But, Paul, what made you accept what those people were telling you? Right. Because, you know, you know how we are, especially when you get the title and the position. It's hard, number one, for people to be able to just come to you and 
feel free enough to to speak truth, right? That's number one. Right, right. And then when you find people that can actually do that and have the substance to do that, being a leader and the one receiving it, that doesn't always happen, right? So how did you, how do you accept what's being offered, even if it's not technically what you want to hear? You know, it was hard at first because at first when you move to a new city and a new job, you don't know who you can trust, right? Mm -hmm. So not knowing who you can trust, not knowing what people's intentions were, because you see people coming out of the woodworks with all different kinds of thoughts and things and asked. And, um, and really, it, it was about making that spiritual connection and, and talking to God and, and asking him, um, you know, show me what I'm, I'm doing or not doing. And uh, for me, it was like hearing that inner voice and just feeling at peace with what they were saying. And even though I didn't like it, it I, I felt like it was what I needed to hear. And what I was doing wasn't working. Uh, so I had to take a step back and say, how do I do this differently? Right. And I think it was all like messages that I needed to hear. Right. And, and that's something that I've learned. Uh, definitely the power of prayer. Right. So before I start any meeting, I pray before I get on a stage to present at any time, I pray. I, and we were talking about the values it, it, in my life. Prayer is is just if not the most important element of my life is it, definitely at the top because I know that what it has done for me. Right. Mm -hmm. So definitely prayer before everything so that I don't screw it up and that people can hear God through me. Yeah, that's because also you're from down south, so you probably bring grits with you everywhere too, right? <laughs> as long as they're hot. As long as they're hot. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't throw them on nobody. <laughs> so Paul, why do you act the way that you act? Give me, give me some insight into why you are really who you are why do you act that way i think a lot has to do with my socialization process you know like i grew up in in the middle of the projects i grew up in the hood um but i also knew not to be complacent and want more and want to be able to do things different so i can lean back and give back and and but i think um i think a, a hunger developed in me of wanting more and wanting different and so it developed out of growing up in poverty. It developed out of um, of uh, having struggles and strife. Like you said, that we got our stories that would take a lot more time. But um, you know, those stories and those—that's who I am. And so, to me, one of the best things and one of the things that I always recommend to people is not to lose who you are. You know, don't forget where you came from because you got a little title. Title behind your name doesn't mean you're any better. Or any different than anybody else you need to treat people with respect you need to like when you're in the hood you treat people with respect and if you don't you get dealt with so you know what i mean Absolutely. you gotta you you continue to uh treat people that way as you want to be treated and um don't forget who you are you know and that's important to me that's important to me and yourself like what makes you what makes you act the way you do why do i act the way i do um well i I've seen a lot, right? So when I was young, I lived in a two-parent household and my parents split apart and we moved um, up north. Um, 
to get away from craziness. I've, I've seen domestic violence, been a part of it, had some a lot of challenges in my life, right? And so- Y'all moved up north, where y'all moved to? We moved to Oregon. I've lived in Idaho. Oregon? I've lived in Oregon. See, see, and that's the right. thing, you don't even I know, didn't know who I am. Yeah. Let, let me hear your Idaho accent then. <laughs> can you take it? Let me hear Can I hear your Idaho I'm sorry, I missed you. Absolutely not. I, absolutely not. We're not. Can I hear the Idaho? This is all you get. No matter if it's up north or down south, it's still the same. <laughs> oh, good. Good, good Lord. Okay, I'm, I'm, I didn't know Oregon or Idaho. But, I did. Right. And there's a story behind that, right? There, There's a story right. to that. But in my life, I have always had to be flexible and move with a sense of urgency. Um, I don't walk slow. I don't think slow. I, everything is with a sense of urgency, but it's not because that's the way I want it to be. That's the way it had to be in order for me to survive in my environment, right? So that has really taken toll and played a major impact on who I am. And then from that, I'm the first person in you know my family to go to a four-year college and get a degree. You know, my mother never graduated from high school. So I, there's so many things that play a part in into my makeup. And that's why I value education so much. That's why when I go into classrooms, I get so pissed off if I see a teacher just sitting behind the desk because I used to be that little girl there that needed a touch, that needed somebody to say something to them. I was that kid that fell through the cracks, never in the office, no referrals, no disciplinary issues, nothing like that. But I had pain and scars that no one knew about because I didn't have teachers that took the time. So I felt like now it's my mission. And because I do have the title and some form of power, I have to make sure that my babies are taken care of. And so at the end of the day, nothing else matters, but what's going to help the children be successful. And that can never be done without the power of the teacher in the classroom. So thank you for talking about that. No, absolutely. Um, you know, just kind of closing up here and thinking about everything that we were talking about, you know, what what motivates you to keep going? Mm. I had never seen. I'm going to take that back. I was going to say I had never seen uh, my mother or father quit, but I'm not going to say that I, I've seen both. I've seen what happens when they quit. And I knew I did not want to have to live like that. And then I've seen what it looks like when they put their all into it. And I knew that I had that in me. And I knew that I had to keep pushing because I had to set an example for those that were coming behind me. I had to make sure that I modeled what excellence looked like because I had people watching me. And, and even more than that, failure was just never an option. Excellence was the only option, and that was instilled in me, and that's that's just what I had to live on. I couldn't quit. I can't quit. Won't quit. Don't stop. And in closing, with uh, thoughts here, I think it's uh, crucial and important to uh, realize that your thoughts are mm -hmm. things, 
and the way you think is how you act and the way you act is what you attract and so as a leader uh who you want to be starts with your values and so if you're putting your values out there um you're doing that but you have to model it and then you have to use those values to inspire a shared vision and so inspiring a shared vision uh, may look different in different places but at the same time uh, it comes back to you as the head and you as the foundation and again the way you think is how you act and the way you act is what is what you attract so you will put the right people around you you will uh, attract the right things if you lead with the right attitude and so um I'm hopeful that people tune in to the next episode no justice no peace and that will be airing immediately afterwards and check us out on our YouTube channel vulnerable voices and we will also be on all podcast platforms Absolutely. as well so I want to thank everybody for watching and we'll see you next episode peace